0: The exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy seafood. The only Baltimore podcast that somehow has a built-in Ravens Titans rivalry for us to exploit. It is playoff week, the Ravens and the Titans back again for another go round The Titans won in the playoffs last year, the Titans won in the regular season this year, both in Baltimore, they face off in Tennessee and RDT. Are you going to stop this charade? that you continue to profligate that you're, that, that the Ravens are going to win. You're picking the Ravens to win. You're smiling about it. You think it's like a,
1: is this an, stop this, stop this right. I'm smiling because I'm watching the, the week 11 game. It's 21 16 Ravens right now with about eight minutes left and it's not looking good for the Titans. So we'll see how this one ends. Um, no, I, I, I went on Glenn Clark with, with our friend banks here this morning to talk about it. Um, and I, I still – I don't feel good for the Titans winning this game. I could see the eyes rolling out of Brian's head right now. Um, I mean, if you want me to turn it up some for the pot, I, I can do that. We can crank it up to 11 and, and get this thing going. But um, I'm just excited. And, again, like Brian said earlier on Glenn Clark, I was like, I'm, not, I'm, I'm a little nervous right now, and, and I don't know. Like, and I'm sure it's going to ramp up Saturday. Like we were talking about what we're going to eat on Sunday. Like, I don't think I'll be able to eat. I'm just happy. It's the one o'clock game and it's not the eight o'clock game on Sunday. Cause I would have just been all
2: weekend would have been like ripping my hair out. That would have sucked. There's nothing worse than just sitting there. It's like, um, it's like being at, at a school concert or something when you're in elementary school. And your school. last name's Y. And like, yeah, you're like one of the last grades or classes or kids that have to sing. And you're just like, thinking about your performance the entire time as everybody else is performing and you're sitting there and you're just dreading every second of it. And you're just sweating and you just, you just want to get it over with. And, uh, so, you know, Sunday at one is, is nice. And it's kind of like routine. It's like getting on a bike, even though the Ravens didn't play a Sunday game for like a month there at one point. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I'm not as nervous as I thought I might be going into this thing. I think I said it on the show today, this morning, um, on Glenn Clark that I think having that little downswing in the middle of the season where things were looking a real doom and gloom and our, our backs were against the wall. It just kind of got me to a point where, um, you know, like, fuck it. We were playing with house money. We're, we're just kind of a bit thankful for, to get to where we did. We needed some help in week 16 to get where we, where we are. And uh, um, you know, when it really comes down to it, the season was always going to be defined on what we did in January and the regular season was never really going to matter. I mean, we came off that 14 and two season riding high and had the big disappointment and we could have gone 14 and two again this year and everyone would have been, Hey, that's nice, but what are you going to do in January? So here's our moment, you know, everything that happened that that led us to 11 to five doesn't really matter. And uh, this is our opportunity to, to prove ourselves and for Lamar to kind of break the narrative that was, has been discussed ad nauseum um, nationally. And um, he even addressed it as directly as I've seen um, today during a press conference, but um, I think he's gonna, he's ready to break through. So I'm feeling good about that. I'm feeling good about the way they're playing right now. And uh, I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm actually as excited as I've been in a while, I think. And uh, that probably just means I'm cruising for a bruising to be honest, but we, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's, it's weird. It, all, it
0: almost feels like that the Ravens season starts this weekend, which yeah. is bizarre to say after a season that has had so much in it from the Ravens starting off well to going through the sort of tough stretch in the middle with an inability to control COVID within the building and, and all the problems that that Uh, brought forth to the franchise and honestly some embarrassment to the franchise to them Lamar coming back and then the incredible win against Cleveland on Monday night. And to eventually after we talked about the Ravens being maybe on the fringe of the playoffs, now being a five seed um, and having the ability to host playoff games theoretically. So it's been a bizarre way to get to this place. And now the Ravens go into a game with the ability to exact some revenge on what was a stunning loss last year. Thanks. You and I were both in the building for that. I'm sure many people that listen to this pod were in the building or watching wherever uh, their normal good luck spot is or whatever. And it was a stunning one to watch the Ravens outgained the Titans um, and felt like outplayed them in a lot of the games, but the Titans made the plays that matter forced turnovers and, and and Derek Henry was a beast throughout the entirety of the game. And that has not stopped for Derrick Henry this entire season, over 2000 yards, um he just continues to truck along what i can't figure out rdt in, in, in all jokes aside why you think that the Ravens you're so confident there is or why you're so worried is it feels like the titans have the same formula to win the game again like derrick henry hasn't dropped off the face of the earth Tannehill is essentially exactly the same guy you would say aj brown's a little bit better is the defense just a little bit worse i is think that, deep- is that kind of what kills you when you think about it
1: I think the defense is a lot a bit worse. Like at least like last year they had, they had Jarrell Casey. They had just some pressure on, on the quarterback. They're not getting any, like literally a zero pressure this year. I think they finished with seven. It's, it was like 16 or 17 sacks on the season, which is disgusting, especially in in a season where you signed Jadavion Clowney and Vic Beasley, two guys who have been known to get after the, well, I guess Clowney has a reputation, but I mean, even last year, he only had three sacks in 13 games for Seattle, but I mean, I think they went through like a six or seven week period where they had one single sack and that's it. So obviously last year, I mean, that playoff game, they were hitting Lamar. They were getting to him. They were moving him off the spot. Um, And when he was that Lamar in the playoff game last year, where he was trying to show that he could pass and, and when he was trying to establish the passing game, that's really what messed him up. And they got the fumble. They got, you know, they stopped them. They were hitting him again on those fourth down. Um, But I mean, they can't stop anyone. Their third down conversion was like the worst, I think since 1991 or something like that. They're the only team over 50% since then they're like legitimately a terrible defense. And it was one of those things where it's like, yeah, I mean, the offense, I know going into the week 16 game against green Bay, they were the number one scoring offense in football. And, again, Derrick Henry has been better than he was last year, which is insane to talk about. Ryan Tannehill has been damn good this year, and he was damn good last year. And, like you said, Corey Davis is giving them a lot this year. A.J. Brown has turned into one of my favorite players to watch in football. Um, it, it just comes down to the defense. And I just – I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, but I think the inability to get to the quarterback, not even, like, sack him, the inability to literally get to the quarterback is is what's going to to really – I, I think swing this game the Ravens side because again we've seen what Lamar can do with time. We've seen what they can do. I mean, if if he has a clean pocket and he and he and he can run, I mean, good night. We'll we'll, we'll see you next year. So that's the offense doesn't worry me. Um, but it, again, it's it's all it's all in the defense.
0: It's one of those things too where you you have the anecdotal evidence of watching them play all, all year. And then the numbers also bear it out. They're 29th in defensive DVOA, which is the the efficiency rating that a lot of people like to use. That's horrible. And I I think that is so bad.
1: I think they're second in the in the division in total defense. Yes, they are. (laughs) Which is that's a nice little spin zone. It just happens that the Texans and Colts, or the Texans and Jags, were 29 and 30, but. We'll save that for another day. Yeah, I mean, I that's think that's a nice spin zone. I, I looked up.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, it just it shows what that what a sieve that division has been. Except for Indianapolis, which has been pretty good. They, I mean, they really struggled to stop Deshaun Watson, and essentially nobody else last week. I mean, there's no Will Fuller. Um, Brandon and, Cooks was eaten. and they, and those guys did really whatever they wanted. Obviously, Green Bay did whatever they wanted in the snowstorm uh, two Sunday nights ago.
1: Cleveland um, a couple of weeks against ago. Against good
0: team Cleveland before that, the Ravens before that. They've been outscoring teams. And so really the question is, can the Ravens get enough stops and get ahead um, and, and stop this Titans offense from doing what they do? But as we saw, and I think – and we might have talked about this in the instant analysis. as we What we saw from Tennessee is they will not deviate. They were down two scores against Green Bay and just kept handing the ball to Derrick Henry. So they're going to go back to the well there – Um, And the Ravens are going to have to be ready to stop that unless maybe they're down 21 and feel the need that they have to throw a lot more, but they're going to keep going to the ground um, as they go through. But yeah, the defense, both when you watch it. And then when you look at the numbers, whether they're your typical total defense or the efficiency stuff, uh, they're having a tough time stopping anybody right now. Yeah. I mean, they got everything. Look at the sack sack
1: numbers. Yeah. I was going to say just the sack numbers really, really drive that point home. Like they're, they, legitimately cannot sack a quarterback
2: yeah I don't even know that teams are really trying to sack Lamar Jackson all that much at at this point I mean they don't really blitz him much they and he was picking teams apart this past month I felt like numerous times I would watch um, the, the opposition just try to rush three and and keep one spy on him and he would just pick them apart and Um, I don't know if that means that the Titans are going to struggle in the same way, but the way that this Ravens offense has been chugging along, uh, for the last five games, it's tough to imagine, um, the Titans being able to control the game in the way they did last, last year, because that's really what it came down to is that the the Titans got ahead two scores. And this is, this is a a bigger topic that I think that we should get into here shortly, but Greg Roman kind of lost his way. And then the Titans just kind of just stepped on the throats and, 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 and just maintain control of the game because they're able to, because they have that skill set because they just have Derrick Henry. And, um, once you're kind of committed to trying to stop a Derrick Henry, you can work off with all those boots and then you work in, you know, a trick play here and there. And, um, you know, it's, you got to tip your cap to, to Mike Vrabel and the way that he prepares and the way that he, um, coached up that game last year. And, uh, you know, we just gotta hope and pray that that all those those dominoes don't don't fall against the Ravens again, because that's the way that this becomes a football game. I think, um, I think what Eric is kind of feeling is that if if these two teams just kind of played their games, the Ravens are gonna come out ahead. But if there starts to be some of those you know weird playoff things that tend to happen, especially in this rivalry, I mean, geez, the game in 2000, the Ravens. Uh, I think Trent Dilfer was six of twenty-one in that game, and I think that the the Ravens gained like 130 yards, and they won that game because they, you know, Anthony Mitchell returned for a touchdown off a block field goal, and Ray Lewis interception pick six. Um, that's pretty much how they got their points, and that's just kind of the way that these weird Ravens Titans games have been. Um, just got 2008 a 2008 was fluky. Yeah, 2008. I mean, they're all fluky. They're all kind 03. of fluky. Like O three, you know, the Titans. You know, they played the better game that day, I think. But, um, you know, if I'm looking at the box score here from last year, the Ravens are on the books for three turnovers, um, two picks and a fumble. But it's really the fourth downs. If you count turnover on downs as a turnover, the Ravens had seven turnovers to zero. And um, also to just kind of delve into some some stats that I was looking at because I was just kind of fuming. I kind of wanted to get the hate rolling and my, you know, get the blood boiling a little bit this week. In the last two seasons, the Ravens are 28 of 45 on fourth downs. They are 11 of 13 on fourth and ones. They went over two on fourth and one against the Titans last year. They went over four in the game. Um, and the two failures that were non Titans failures that the Ravens have had on fourth and one were botch snap by Matt Skura and a failed effort by Tyler Huntley last week. So Lamar Jackson's perfect in his career on fourth and one, except against the Titans in the playoffs period. Like it's just Go ahead.
1: I was going to say, correct me if I'm wrong. Both of those fourth and ones that he didn't convert, he was under center. Correct. I believe he was.
2: Yeah. Which
1: Um, is, I, I remember that being like a thing being like, he hadn't been under center at all for any of the fourth downs during the season. And then it's fourth and one. And he's lined up under center and they were like, he's, he's, he's going to sneak it like yeah. it seemed like everybody knew and yeah i mean he and doesn't Roman really getting away the, from it and
2: the profile or the build for fourth and one sneaks i mean i'm sure mm-hmm. he's more than capable of it but it was very weird the way those didn't get converted i mean he kind of fell into the pile and i don't know, we don't need to get too deep into that but we can if that, you want no, no we don't uh okay. the other thing that really jumped out at me was um over the last two years the ravens have been they're 80 of 125 when it comes to the red zone punching it into the end zone that's it's just about a 65% clip in both of the, the game in the postseason last season and the regular season game earlier this year. The Ravens converted one out of four in both the games. So it's, it comes down to red zone execution. Uh, everybody knows the statistic that I'm hoping is not the next uh, Joe Buck uh, announcer curse. But every time we get to the red zone, it's Lamar Jackson, 46 touchdowns, no interceptions, we got to make sure that that stays that way. No interceptions. We got to make sure that we convert. Um, we got to finish our drives. So
0: it's honestly one of the wild box scores I think I can remember for a Ravens game. You look at just the team stats, and the turnover one really jumps out. The Ravens ran 92 plays to the Titans 53 and scored 12 points. They gained 530 total yards to the Titans 300. And lost twenty-eight to twelve. Like the entire, even when you look at Tannehill and, and Lamar, Lamar is thirty-one of fifty-nine for three sixty-five and a touchdown, and two picks. It's it's just a line. And we talked about this before. It's a line Lamar never should have. There should never be a game when he throws fifty-nine times. And you're Tennessee. If you look at Ryan Tannehill, seven for fourteen for eighty-eight. You're like either Derrick Henry had a great game, or we got absolutely shut down. And Tannehill did exactly what he had to do. Connected on the long pass down the field. Johnny Smith made the great catch in the, in the back corner of the end zone. I'm really still not sure it was a touchdown, but all a one sheet counts as two feet credit, credit to him, credit to him for making the catch. And then Derek Henry made the jump pass. The Titans just made all the plays. And then when you, like, if you just took, if you took the two scores away, even with the Ravens with three turnovers, you would look at that box. And you'd be like, I mean, the Ravens must've just like, just won that by a little bit. They just had so much more offense, even though they turned it over. And Tennessee kind of wanted it going away. So the Ravens will look to, to, to reverse that. Um, and then as you guys said er, earlier this year, the Ravens, as you said, already you have the game in front of you right now. We're kind of in control and the Ravens gave it up. So we'll see what happens this weekend. it's going to be very interesting. Who do you guys think is like the key guy in this game that can kind of flip it besides like Derek Kennedy or Lamar, who's sort of more under the radar you guys look at in this game.
2: Man, that's a good question. Um, Who is a key guy? Patrick queen, maybe Patrick queen. And I think we even see Malik Harrison hardly at all in recent weeks, but he is kind of built the profile. Like when we drafted Malik Harrison, he was kind of supposed to be the guy that fills the gaps and stops the run game between the tackles. I'd be interested to see if he starts to get more run here. Um, LJ Fort is obviously a big part of that, but these guys, these linebackers, um and the safeties coming up and helping in the box they've got to really buck, you know buckle down and and help and uh you know get get Derrick Henry on the ground simple as that i mean i don't want to see any gifts of earl thomas uh reincarnated at all so um that's going to be a big one here off the top of my head to start things off
1: i'll go i'll go one from each side um just real quick i think on titans defense i think it's got to be jeffrey simmons who who was is very he's almost earlier in the year he's turning in like an Albert Haynesworth type, where he's just a monster clog in the middle. And he's kind of like he's a smaller Calais Campbell where he'll tip some passes, he'll get some like he's a guy who will get his hand up on a ball and and then it's just like a it's a punt up there, and you're just waiting for it to come down. Um I think him on defense. And then if we're talking offense, I think I think Corey Davis. Corey Davis seems like one of those guys where you know, you always there's always that guy with the Orioles who's like, oh, they're twelve and zero, when he hits a home run in a game, and it, it's like Ryan Flaherty. Like when he does well, the team just goes. And and Corey Davis, like I'm rewatching the game from week eleven again. He he had like eighty eight yards coming into the fourth, um, after having zero in the first half, and it's like, if if AJ Brown can get his and Derek Henry can get his and Corey Davis is your three, and he's going two, I think it. I think there's potential for the offense to be to be zooming and and to be to be in a good spot. So I I think if Corey Davis gets 80, 90, close to a hundred yards, I think that the Titans are going to be in a position where where they can win that game.
0: Yeah. I I agree with you for the, for the Titans offense. I do think it's Corey Davis. He was really good in the first game. Um, Five catches for 113 yards. I think that the Ravens will try to focus on stopping AJ Brown um, as, as kind of the main receiving threat. They did that in game one. And Corey Davis has the ability to, to kind of feast if the Ravens, um, don't look at him. I think for the Ravens, and, and it was brought up a little bit. I think it's Calais Campbell um, who said this week he really thrives on the challenge of stopping a guy like Derrick Henry. He so that's the media. I think yesterday, um, and he was not in the first game, and was really a guy that was brought in. Kind of, you know, we talked about it preseason. You bring guys like Campbell, you bring guys like Derrick Wolf. Like they're there for these type of games where you've got to clog up the middle a little bit more and play really strong in the front four. This is why he's here. I mean, he is here to win the bat battle. Um, and a free up guys like Patrick queen to, to, and Malik Harrison, whoever else is out there, um, to make these stops. So he's got to play well in this game and I'm still not sure how healthy he is. I, I you still watch him and he, and he's like kind of Laboring. out there just labor. Yeah. He labors. He does look like he labors after the play. Like he's very, um, efficient with how he's moving between the plays. He's just <laughs> a like way kind it. of like t- t- <laughs> tiptoeing back to the huddle to kind of keep the, uh, the health intact for the actual, um, football action. But he has to be good in this game. Um, the Ravens have to be able to control the line of scrimmage better than they have against this Titans team. Um, and even when you do that, it's hard to stop Derrick Henry. So you've really got to all, give yourself as many chances as possible to get him on the ground. Because once he, we've seen – I mean, we've seen that Earl Thomas stiff-arm 30 times. When when he gets to the second level, it becomes tough. I do think this pair of, Ra- this, uh, pair of Ravens' safeties has played very physical lately. But um, they're going to have to play very physical in this game as well. Um, everyone is going to have to contribute to stopping this guy. I think the Ravens are going to be up for the challenge, uh, but it, it's going to be really interesting to look at. Uh, and I think you make a good point about that Titans defense. They've got to be able to do the same thing on the other side and try to figure out a way to, to kind of get Lamar the rhythm that he's in. When when the Ravens played the Titans earlier in the year, that was kind of when we weren't really sh- like what was going on with Lamar. He just was kind of out of it. And then there, there just wasn't a great rhythm to the offense this is a very different Ravens offense that the Titans are seeing now than they were seeing before. Um, so, but the, the, the Titans are going to have no shortage of confidence. I think it's interesting this game is not in Baltimore. Where there's no logo dancing. Um, there will be fans. I'll see in the stands, about that. Be interesting. <laughs> I was. I Those was
2: going to say chippy, this would be a chippy. This be a yeah. chippy game. This do will we also, do this we think the Ravens coaches.
1: the Ravens come out and they stand on the logo, don't they?
2: Oh, I don't think they can do that up front. Uh, but I, can't I think on their way yet. out, they just might.
0: Way out could be maybe the, do we have a flag to plant like Baker at Ohio state? Yeah. Boy, would that be fun? That would be fun.
2: We, uh, we get a uh, Mark uh, Andrews. I was just going to follow up with on, on the Ravens offensive side of the ball. I think Mark Andrews has to come through here. Um, you know, I, he had the, I thought it was kind of the domino that started the whole thing last year where the, he wasn't uh-huh. healthy. And that ball tipped off the top of his hands on the opening drive. And, um, the Titans got their first, uh, turnover force there and i i thought that that was a real key in the game there i thought that the ravens were moving the ball with ease to open up the drive i I even feel like i remember turning to you taylor like as we're we're marching down the field i'm like yeah let's like we're ready for next week already like we're oh yeah we're we're all we're just kind of feeling ourselves already a little bit and then that play happened and um we all know how how that unfolded but i think given what i said about the red zone opportunities and how we need to execute there he kind of is a key guy there um and uh operating there in the middle of the field and and winning those jump balls and hey maybe Des Bryant a little bit too he could make an appearance and make a big play in this game and you know miles boykin has come along um a bit here in the last month or so as well so um like yeah we just have to punch it in we have to get into the end zone field goals are are not going to do it and uh hopefully we'll we won't have to go to those fourth down opportunities but if they do um you know we got to go out there and and do our stern thing so
0: it's so funny you say that too about the game last year. The Ravens forced the Titans to punt on the first drive, got the ball, and then here's the sequence. And I this is because this is exactly what you're talking about. Lamar left tackle for nine, marking him for no gain, third down, um, then they get wait, I'm saying this wrong. Am I saying this wrong? No. But essentially they're they're moving down the field. Gus Edwards, nineteen yard rush, and they're like into Titans territory and they throw the pick. Like and it, they were rolling down the field, as yeah. you said, and and I remember, and in the crowd, and this this will be interesting because there's no crowd in Tennessee, and it's a different, it's, it'll be a different vibe, even if Tennessee had a full crowd, because there's so much anticipation. I think last year going into that game as a Ravens fan, that once it started not going perfect, because it had gone so perfect, it was like very angsty in there. Yeah, I think we talked about weird. this show before. It was like very very angsty. That will not be there this week if things go wrong. There's not going to be seventy thousand people that are like, "Why is this not going exactly to script?" There's not going to be anybody there at all. Which I, I really do truly feel bad for Titans fans. It sucks not to be able to host a game well, no, with your full stadium. Hey, eight thousand people are going to be there. No, but I'm saying, I mean, I that was like fourteen. Oh, not, not you're talking yeah, not yeah, the full yeah. complement. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, which 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 is an amazing experience, and like mm-hmm. that place would be absolutely buzzing with the the edge that this game is going to have, um, and that's going to take some of the Titans. Advantage away. I mean, I really do think that makes a difference in these kind of games. Um, it's, it didn't, and it didn't for the Ravens partly last year because th- that early that interception to the touchdown to the fourth down stop kind of took the crowd out of the game. I mean, that place was about to explode during introductions. Uh, I mean, yeah. it,
2: I, I, I. It have was. Never... It was kind of a party because we were just thinking that. You know, we've been waiting for the playoffs to start because we were just rolling through the regular season. In such a way that we were just Finally like, a all right, game. all right, yeah, like yeah, yeah, like December didn't mean shit. Pretty much the entire month, and we were just ready for it to start. And the divisional round was going to be a party, and then the conference championship was going to be a war, hosting the Chiefs, and like it just it was, it, it was so weird. Like you're just absolutely right. It was just one of the weirdest 60 minutes of football. Um, it was very angsty. It was kind of angsty in the way that the previous year the um, the, the week 17 game against Cleveland to, to clinch the division where some things kind of went sideways there before half, where I think Lamar was like fumbled right in front of the goal line. Cause he was reaching out for the goal line. It fumbled. It was like, why is this a football game? Everything was super angsty. Like, Oh my God, this could not go our way. And obviously it turned out that it did, but, um, it's just not a feeling that you want. Now, I, now, as we were talking here, I actually did a, a quick search for, uh the Ravens gained 530 yards in that game last year. There have been 314 NFL games since 2000 where teams have gained over 500 yards on offense. How many teams do you think scored 12 or fewer of those 314?
1: I'd say probably less than eight. One.
2: One team. Yeah. The 2018 Buccaneers against – the Washington football team in 2018 scored three points. Now that is impressive. That's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. Well,
0: that's a Jameis Bucks team.
2: Got to be. So he's
0: thrown picks all over the yard.
2: Yeah. So that was a 16 to imagine winning a game, 16 to three and having 500, 501 yards put on you in that game. So yeah. Real
1: quick. Do you guys remember what happened at the end of that, that the, the Lamar interception he threw in that, their first, um, in their first uh, drive?
2: The first drive, it was Andrews and it was a pick. And then so at, the play, oh, at the end of that play. Oh, the
1: end of play. Well, no, at the end of that play, Lamar gets the unsportsman like unnecessary roughness penalty on the sideline, which moves it up from the 50 to the 35. I don't know if you like, I remember that and being like, that's a big thing because like Lamar looked like visibly. He like grabbed him by his face mask and like had him down on can't, the sideline. Can't the say I
2: really. I mean, I haven't gone back and watched a broadcast, and, and I that's was what in I was going to say too. too.
1: Is, is I remember it was on the side of my
2: side of the field though. Mm-hmm. Of, I was going to say you may not
1: have even seen it or heard it during the game, but they just mm-hmm. I just remember them coming in being like. Oh, flag on the, you know, on the, on the sideline. It's unsportsmanlike. Yeah. He eight. brought, he brought him down by the face mask. He yeah. So I think games. that, and, and that doesn't really get talked about as like why Lamar seemed like, again, like where he was like, not pouty, but like, yeah. And I, I was like, I think that has a huge thing to do with it because he throws the pick. He tried to make a tackle and it'll be yanking him down by his face mask. So I don't know. I just feel like that's not the interception. The interception of, of course always gets talked about, but I feel like the, uh, the, yeah, the grasp no,
0: that of a face mask and take you down. guys a lot of juice. It was also, I mean, it was also the Ravens had two chances to stop on the next drive. Not that we have to rehash this entire game on third down. <laughs> and then the, the third goal was up from the 12. Um, Cause Tano got sacked on the play before um, to complete the point on the Redskins bucks game for before. Cause I know everyone cares. That was out. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick threw for 406 yards and two picks. Uh,
3: <laughs>
0: they, turned it over, they, turned, they turned it over four times. Peyton Barber, 61 yards. Adrian Peterson. 68 yards rushing. Alex Smith throws for 178 and a touchdown, the formula they're using right now. Uh to be in the playoffs. So Jockwiz Rogers had a carry and eight catches for 102 yards for the Bucks. What a terrible football game. Six and th- oh, no, the Washington team is was six and three. Oh boy. Couldn't have gone well after that. As it normally doesn't. But we'll see how it goes for them this weekend. Uh picks for this game, guys. I mean, I already. I RDT, I don't even know what you're gonna say. I mean, you, you, you sandbag this entire time. Now you're gonna. Pick, now you're gonna. You know, smile at us and pick against your team. What is your pick? I'm going.
1: <laughs> I'm there going. It is.
0: There's a the smile. I'm there's the laugh.
1: I I truly do. I think. I think. I think we'll see 38-28 <laughs> Ravens. Wow. That's I again. Like like you had said, you put it perfectly. Like. If they both play their game, I, I think I, I think I think that's how it turns out. You but have I think, no spine. You well, have no I, spine. No, this, is, this is how <laughs> I've just always just been, and I'm okay. I'm okay with like I don't think this team is very good right now. The Titans. I don't think the defense. Are, is.
2: Do you do you have like money on the Ravens too? Where you, you're just making like emotional hedges maybe, left maybe or right? Not, I like, may have,
1: maybe I will, but you disgust me. Oh no, we'll see. They did not look good this last. Did year.
2: you did did you like go into the the 2012? ALDS being like, oh yeah, like Yankees in three.
1: No, no, I think I was like, I was like, oh, we'll do like we were talking about before. Oh, we'll we'll get a gentleman's sweep. We'll get one maybe, but uh, sweep, <laughs>
2: disgusting. 2014
1: was a totally different story though. I had I was already buying World Series tickets. Uh, don't.
2: <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, that's a that's a podcast for that's now. That's another day. That's another podcast. Banksy. Uh,
2: um, I like forty-one twenty-four Ravens. That, that was a woe wow. face from you, Taylor.
0: <laughs> I did not think you're going to go that much of a that separate. aggressive, I right? Be, I yeah. think this game is going to be closer than you guys think. I think the Ravens win uh, 30 to 27. I think this game is very close throughout. Um, oh, something I think Derek that Henry's going to play.
2: Really well in this game. Yeah, something I don't think anybody's no, discussing I, at all is that these two teams have a significant margin when it comes to special teams. Significant. I mean, you're, yes, they do,
0: which is huge. Although Sam Cook has not practiced this week. So we'll see what Johnny yeah, is. He, He's a natural. Is he back? Is what's going on with that? I Does he, do we expect him yet?
2: to be back.
3: So,
0: well, Okay. And there's, there there's other guys the that tuc- are be back too that we the, haven't the, had. So the Tucker to Gostowski. Um, oh, no, Spiro I don't think is. is no, no, it's, it's my boy. I, oh my God. Dang, wow. The They're guy not, who doinked in the, uh, the field goal to win the division. The, the old doinker. I forgot that. That's right.
1: That's right. I just Miami I think of Ohio. Had, I believe
0: I think I had in my head. It was Kostowski this entire time.
1: I think I might, I think I might've thought it was him the other day. We, we may not see a field goal attempted by the Titans this game. I'm like, yeah, no, they, I, they I, I'll it. go on record. I bet, I bet he misses an extra point.
2: Misses, they bet, may go
0: for two, by the way. I mean, they may have the two point plays in store.
2: I so bet he misses, I expect them to. They, they have all their point. goal line things all, you know, the Titans and their goal line stuff. They're going to have them all ready to go. So we got to be on our toes. But uh, yeah, Vrabel, uh going for it on what was it like fourth and nine or fourth and eleven? Fourth and I, eleven. But I think Remember that was that, that was because that was it was, wild. Wild.
1: it was because of the kicker. Where
2: like oh, I they did yeah,
1: they didn't trust him. I didn't trust him. Yeah, but because I, I I figured I was like they're gonna go for this like they're hundred percent gonna in go the
2: for the corner this. or something I don't know that that felt like one where maybe, maybe you, you put your quarterback under center and you try to hard count and make the fourth down more manageable or the yeah. field goal more manageable and or or you just take the delay of game and you punt it yeah I don't know but we're well, I don't know we're getting you know lost in the sauce on a week 17 uh, Titans what uh, Texans. Texans game. Speaking
0: of the variables, 43 degrees is the high on Sunday in Nashville. Uh, five mile per hour winds, a small chance of rain, uh, 60% humidity. If that's maybe, something. maybe, maybe on judgment. the I got one word for you. Analysis, three, three, Ravens favored by three and a half.
1: Go maybe ahead. Maybe on Eric. the instant analysis, um, we can get uh, sponsor of the show, John Minodakis, who will be in a suite down in Nashville.
2: Wow. Yeah, wow. maybe i uh, the invite, John. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. <laughs> I get, we're not, we're not at that sponsorship level yet. Wow. I think yeah, yeah, next yeah. We got to yeah. keep grinding. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's the next get him year. Worth. So. Yeah. Maybe, maybe yeah. we got a FaceTime in on that. Ah, it depends how the game goes. We'll see. Sure. We'll see. Um, yeah, he's out there challenging Jeff Jarrett to, to bets for that. I mean, we got a lot of things
0: going on <laughs> there
2: the interrupts. It's One word for you boys, by the way, here.
0: Mega. Cast. Yeah, now you were—you sure you you knew we were going to get there. You knew. <laughs> Put it, we were it on a T for you, Taylor. Put it on a T. We love talking coverage, and boy, is there a lot of coverage to talk. As there's the first <laughs> ever—I have the press release open. The first ever wild card mega cast. Now, if you're a sports fan, you have seen the mega cast, which is normally reserved for the CFP playoff, where it is a mega, mega cast. I mean, you can watch Mm. that game on, like, 35 channels. You can watch it on ESPN. You can watch the radio coverage. You can watch, you know, random ESPN personalities chop it up no reason. The coach's film room, which is freaking awesome, if you're watching by yourself. It's not really something you can watch other people. But if you're watching by yourself, it's very fun to watch. Um, and there is a lot going on. So if you're watching on ESPN or ABC, you're watching the traditional uh, Monday Night Football crew, Steve Levy, Brian Greasy, Lewis Redick, Lisa Salters, and officiating expert oh. John Perry. Oh, no. They're adding multiple cameras, including 4K robotic cameras with super slow-mo and an enhanced line-to-gain camera, which I'm sure everyone will hate because everyone <laughs> will things that have to do with that. If you want to watch it on freeform, if you were like previously a fan of Pretty Little Liars or something in that vein and you really feel a need to go back to your freeform roots, uh, you can watch the freeform watch party that used to be ABC Family with Jesse Palmer and Maria Taylor, including a halftime performance from DJ Khaled. Uh, and if popular freeform personalities such as Good Trouble Sierra Ramirez, Motherland, Fort Salem's Demetri McKinney, and Ashley Nicole Williams will appear
2: wow,
1: that's, that's pretty much, <clears the throat> that's reaction. mega. Wait, it's mega. you know how, you know how disappointed I am now when I saw the list, I thought DJ Khaled was going to be like, me too. that's also what I thought uh, I'm out. I'm out on the mega cast. Then if I don't get DJ God, Khaled, like cast. circling X's and O's like John, he's
0: not doing that. I, I really do hope they bring in um some of the
2: older freeform.
0: bring in some pretty
2: little liars people. Can we talk um, about this Monday night crew? And and then, yeah. Keep going. Yeah. But after, no, after we get, we, we'll get there, yeah. we'll get there.
0: Sure. ESPN plus between the lines, a lot of analytics, betting, whatever. Rutledge, Kimes, Orlovsky, Spears, Kazarian, whoever. Not ESPN, ESPN 2s film room, which is sort of what they do for the CFP, which I think is the best part of the CFP med cat, mega cast. I wish they had some more current coaches on this. I think that would have been really cool. It's Teddy Bruschi, Matt Hasselbeck, Rex Ryan, Booger McFarlane, Keyshawn Johnson. So it's essentially the Sunday night. Sunday yeah. NFL Countdown crew—they mm-hmm. don't have anybody that's not normally on TV, which is the best part of that. So that's a little bit of a miss, in my opinion. But um, ESPN test, you can watch in Spanish if that's your thing. And then um, there's some Madden integration here involving Robbie Anderson, Joe Mixon, DeAndre Swift. <laughs> <That game stinks. laughs> They're going to play Madden. They're going to play Madden. During, I don't know. They do Madden. Uh, the Monday Night Football crew, though, um, big spot here.
2: Big spot. I think that they've been horrible all year. Terrible. I mean, I love, I I enjoy, I like Steve Levy a lot. This role is not for him. Or at least with these partners. It's been too hokey. They've been too, like, I don't know. It's just been, I don't know. They just, they just aren't gelling. Uh, Brian Greasy has been kind of like, man, I like Louis Riddick too. Like I like most of these guys. I just, they just don't seem to gel together. And, Um, I mean, I thought Joe Tessitore was too, he was too enthusiastic, like too over the top a little bit. He needed to kind of get some Al Michaels, Terrence
0: Crawford, 10th round
2: knockouts in the first quarter. It was just too much. Yeah. Too much. It's too much. There's levels to the game. It's no secret that Monday night football has been kind of lost in the, uh, in the desert here since Tariko and Gruden. Um, so Not, I'm not in love with this this week's broadcasting career. Yeah. Eric is a, is I'm i I'm a big Tony Kornheiser guy, but Eric's campaign is to get him back on Monday night football. I did. Do you have a spiel here? You you want to go a couple of times?
1: I just love Tony Kornheiser. I think I need, I need Tony Kornheiser in and around my life as much as I can get. Like the PTI isn't enough. The one time I met him too, true story. um, My friend's dad was getting inducted into the DC Jewish hall of fame. Same night as Nick Novak kicking (laughs) that game winning field goal. And I met Tony Kornheiser. <laughs> what a start to a story. <laughs> I met Tony Kornheiser as he was getting a beef tongue sandwich. I was just about to ask you, is he that's, part of the tribe? As good as it gets. Oh, big tribe. Oh, member, big tribe. member. Yeah. Huge tribe member.
0: Dude, Tony's got a pot. Get him on here. Maybe. Maybe. So we'll shoot I mean, our shot. Yeah. See what happens. He was like, that.
3: pot yeah. <laughs> so um, not this late. Yes.
0: Yeah. I, I like, I also like Steve Levy. Um, not this late. We'd have to get him on like nine in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> Steve Levy's um, for I also hockey. like Lewis Riddick. I like Lisa Salters. I, they just, they've just never gotten, this is the ESPN's problem. We don't have to belabor this too much. They can't, they haven't been able to find a big, you gotta have a big time crew on a primetime game. You gotta have a crew that feels big. I do think Lewis Riddick has the chops to be Monday the football analyst. Brian Greasy, 330 on ABC, call Maryland versus Michigan. <laughs> get it done. That's what Steve Levy yep. and Brian Greasy are I, And I don't think they're bad. They're just not, they're just not, they don't fill this role for me. The no. Way they should now do i think they've been better than the Tessator witten things that they were doing yeah. yes i do think they've been more serviceable than that crew less noticeable they've gotten the job done um and i do like all three of them like i like all of them um like i think lewis rich really smart i think Greasy's very easy to listen to uh three-man booths also tough
2: the yeah, booth is just we've always tough.
0: It's always better to have the better two man. booth. We've said that many times. I think we have talked about it many times in personal conversation. The two man booth is just better than the three man booth, unless it's Breen Van Gundy and Mark Jackson who've just figured out how to do that. Um, and I just think it's different in basketball. But yeah, I, I mean ESPN, if they can find someone better than Steve Levy to put them under the football, they will do it at the drop of hat. I mean they're going to be looking for a. they're he may not. Be, he may there be there for a, ten years. He may be there for a year. Like he is not locked in. I think Sean McDonough kind of got the run to this. stick. He's good, but
2: yeah, I, no, I thought he's you. great, but yeah, <laughs> we got, I mean, I like Sean. McPay. I thought we we're going to be on, wanted to be on Nickelodeon. We're on yeah. Free. That would have been cool. So, but then again, we can watch that and enjoy it and not be stressed out. That's the like the Yeah. yeah like, game on Saturday or the
0: eight o'clock. I thought we were going to get so. that Nickelodeon game. Cause it's a CBS game. And I didn't think we were going to be ESPN, but
1: I, I, I would have been, I couldn't imagine like watching, like if the, if the Titans are getting blown out and I get to see like SpongeBob, like chasing Lamar all, all around the field or like, oh, they're going to do some shit like that. Like, Just like someone getting slimed as they get juked or something. Yeah. And like, I would not have, that would not have gone. I think people have the
2: craziest expectations for what that broadcast is going to be. It's probably not going to be much of anything. It's going to be like, we're not going to have
1: Olmec. Yeah. You know, like, like Like, like the Fox
2: graphics with the touchdowns and they've got like when the player scores a touchdown and it's their, they're like action figure looky, like sketch drawing person. It's probably just going to be like some touchdowns mm-hmm. and like SpongeBob's going to go streaking across the, the screen or something. It's yeah. Gonna like, it's going to be just like, no
0: Ian Eagle's son, no Eagles calling the game. He's like 23 years old. He's mm-hmm. going to be in our lives for a really long time. Very talented guy. Like that's, just a young, cool. fe- just a young face to call the game. Dude, that guy is already the, like the Clippers radio guy. It's like 23 years old. It's bizarre. Syracuse wow. guy. But Ian Eagle's really good. Um, and his son. Are you
1: Syracuse? Uh, they, yeah. Don't,
0: don't they all? Broadcast? Oh, <laughs> no yeah. way. Um, they used to do that. Remember that Bugs vs Daffy, the big game on Cartoon Network. Do you guys remember that? That's what this is this is what that keeps bringing thoughts to me. I don't know if you mm. guys they used to bring up like Mike Ditka to talk about like bugs versus <laughs> it's very Mike Ditka. It's YouTube, but, <laughs> I'm <yeah>. sure that <laughs> aged pretty well. Yeah, I, that aged. I that have to look, look at well. this. Maybe I can pull it yeah, it's uh I think it was Ditka. I think Ditka was on there. <laughs> um but yeah, I, I, the the Nickelodeon broadcast is gonna be will be uh will be very interesting, um, and and the Ravens will be on a, a number a number of channels. You will not be able to if you can't find the Ravens this weekend, you're not watching TV. I mean, you're just you're just not paying attention. Um, so should be a good one. Uh, we will obviously be on to recap it afterwards, um, and one of us is gonna be a winner. Well, either one of us or two of us, and we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, the this one obviously is the, the dominant kind of story in town, which there's really not a ton else going on, and that's normally kind of what's going on. Uh, do you have any thoughts on uh the Orioles coaching staff? RDT,
1: there's a lot of thick necks in that picture.
2: <laughs> that was my that,
1: takeaway, too. <laughs> again, I I tweeted it out that is a group that I would not want to bump into someone or spill a drink on in a bar because these
2: guys do their shorts. I don't,
1: I don't yeah i mean that uh, there are some thick 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 boys in that coaching staff like chris like someone tweeted to me like i couldn't imagine having a bad outing under chris holt like that guy looks like he would absolutely eat me for dinner like it's that's about it i mean that's literally that was my only takeaway so it's a lot of a lot of thick boys
0: that was your same exact takeaway huh Banks?
2: Yeah, no, I see next. the, the graphic. Seriously, the graphic that they put out was like a bigger picture on the left of uh Brandon Hyde Hi. and then like the eight other headshots of the other coaches. And I was just like looking at Brandon Hyde. I was like, that boy has a gigantic neck. It is just massive traps. And I was like looking at the rest and I was like, man, these guys all look like thumbs. They're just like look like some big fat thumbs. So, yeah, same takeaway. The, the best was
1: someone tweeted at me yesterday and they said these guys like all eight of these guys look like they pull pregame shifts at boogs or something like that (laughs) (laughs) and that was just like a perfect like yeah i could see that guy cutting that cold you know turkey or whatever it is maybe that's that's what's
0: just gonna have to get it done that's just gonna have to get it done (laughs) Uh, uh, to just to close people the forget. book to close the book on bugs vs. daffy uh, Dan Marino and Chris Collinsworth in the pregame show here for this in 2001 uh, so if you have it if you have time search bugs vs. daffy on YouTube you can watch some of that um, the list we, we have not talked about the list in a while and it right. feels like now playoff time there could be a lot of reckoning for people on the list I'm list glad you used the word reckoning list of people of, of people that have have I, I guess wronged Lamar Jackson they on social have media, doubted him on television, yeah. doubted him, said he couldn't win playoff games, and obviously this is now the, the the this is the the reckoning for that. Does Lamar silence those doubters and the haters of which there are many, or does the list get put on notice? Banks, who are you looking to silence this weekend?
2: Uh, well, all of them. First of all, I don't know that they can all be completely silenced this weekend, but um, I just wanted to take this opportunity because I, this is list season right now. We are now in officially list season. Started this list at the beginning of this podcast just to to take down the names of everyone who doubts that Lamar Jackson is a good passer of the football, really, is that that's the main premise of it. Um, it's mainly just the fact that Lamar Jackson is a good quarterback. And there are people that despite him winning that MVP last season, still found even at every opportunity that they could try to knock him down and, and marginalize him as a quarterback because of what he can do with his feet. Um, and I think that I haven't really talked about this list in a while. Cause he's played well the last four or five weeks. And um, where I think it's gotten kind of warped where people think that my list is just people who just talk shit about the Ravens. And that's not necessarily the case at all. It's just people who doubt Lamar Jackson and what the Ravens are capable of with him as a quarterback. So um the list as of right now uh Kyle Brandt was the first person I put on the list I, I don't really know that I mean he's kind of a I actually like Kyle Brandt a lot but he's on the list you know I can't take that back uh Stu Finer, uh Pete Prisco's a clown we know that so he's an easy list guy um I had to put Stephen A even if Locked. I, I, mean, See I you, love buddy. Stephen A um Jeff Schwartz Stephen A uh David Portnoy um Big Cat F word that's immediate I mean Hate to do it to you, bud, but you're on the list. Uh, Mike Florio uh, for saying Kyler Murray has a combination of speed, agility, and awareness that the NFL has never before seen. I mean, that's not directly the, the criteria I mentioned for the list, but like he said that in the middle of the season as if Lamar Jackson didn't just light the world on fire. Like as if like it, it was just a stupid comment. So and then um, I'm adding Benjamin Albright to the list. I got to open this tweet. Um here but he is a new addition to the list um afc is a two-team race kc buffalo cleveland is too shorthand in the secondary pittsburgh can't run and roethlisberger can't can barely throw indy can't handle physical teams tennessee can't stop good offenses uh miami can't score with their main qb ravens can't throw reliably was the last tweet so he mentioned throwing lamar jackson can absolutely throw the football um i mean he led the league in 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 Touchdowns last year, for God's sake. Um, finished with 26 touchdowns, nine interceptions this season. Um, and I also did some, as I, I tend to do, I did some statistics uh diving and I have it on a post-it at my at my work, and so I don't actually have it in front of me. But essentially, first 37 starts of a career, Lamar Jackson versus uh Aaron Rodgers, um uh, they had the same exact amount of passing touchdowns through 37 starts. Uh, Lamar Jackson has, I think, 19 interceptions, whereas, uh, Aaron Rodgers had something like 28. Um, their yardages were pretty similar. Their completion percentages are pretty similar. Uh, Lamar's QB rating was 102.5 and Aaron Rodgers was like 98. So, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is, is maybe the best quarterback we've ever seen. And Lamar Jackson threw 37 starts. And by the way, being three years younger when he's making those starts than Aaron Rodgers was. Um, because Aaron Rodgers got to season behind a, a goddamn hall of fame quarterback. I don't know. So that was a rant and a half, but that's what the list is all about. It's about Lamar Jackson and what he can do as a quarterback throwing the football. Those are the people on the list. This is list season. This is when we cash in. This is when we let the haters know what Lamar Jackson is all about. And the whole narrative I've I'm, I'm starting to get fired up as I keep going here, this whole thing about him being, 0 oh, two in the playoffs is like, okay. Like, yes, he's lost twice. Yes. He's played poorly in both games. Um, but the first game, he was the youngest quarterback to ever start a playoff game. And we were lucky just to be in it. So like, I mean, sure. It, it counts against him on his record, but literally nobody had ever gotten the opportunity to lose that game. So like, sure. I guess counted against him. Last year was a failure. Last year was a failure. There's no two ways about it, but I mean, to, to just stamp him as a, a loser or whatever it might be, that he can't get it done versus hasn't gotten it done in the playoffs, that's the thing that bugs me most, is that he use the word can't get it done in the playoffs versus hasn't. And he hasn't, and I'm ready for him to do it. So Sunday is when he does it. I'm excited for it. Can't wait.
0: This is a gigantic narrative game for this guy. Yes. I mean, it's one of the biggest narratives in the league. It is going to intensify greatly if he plays poorly it will probably still linger if he plays poorly even if the ravens win because it'll be like they won despite him Um, it'll go away a little bit but this is a gigantic narrative game. so
2: many people just just blow just hot air into the universe about lamar jackson and then all these people consume it and then the first chance they get confirmation bias it just just sticks to them and the people just can't get it out of their heads it drives me nuts. So, so
0: it, the I mean the list. If it hopefully it's on the instant analysis on Sunday, people can just get blown out of the water, and I'm sure people will come back around, especially uh, if he plays well in this game. So, and if you have, as as Bank said, if you see people that should be placed on his list, please send them. But it's not criticism really against the Ravens; it's criticism yeah. against Lamar. And also,
2: don't send me just like some Joe Schmo. Like I don't care about your dumbass high school friend on the internet. Just spouting off like these are supposed <laughs> to be actual people that are that are you know people Being, with a voice you out. know feeding in, into the narrative
1: if it's your friend from high school tag taylor in it if they're yes, like C would, or yes. lower tag taylor sure. in it if they're yep. like e or up tag brian in it and if they're people attacking
0: ryan Tannehill,
1: nobody's tag that. please tag eric nobody
0: or or uh marcus Mariota. please also uh tag
1: eric if, if, <laughs> if,
2: uh, if, if, if there's anyone out there i there can't think of another there, quarterback who's throwing a touchdown p- pass himself so people forget people yep, forget people do. uh
0: maryland uh person of the week nick medley maryland person of the week
1: uh rdt you can start all righty so this one it came to me on sunday probably right around i don't know seven thirty, a little later in the day you know final games are winding down um so you know things were happening pieces were moving and i see the sky lining up to kick and it just reminded me that scott hansen is my nick canner medley Uh, person of the scotty
2: i like that pick.
1: he he 17 weeks seven hours a day commercial free football he was there for us every sunday Um, no bathroom breaks he i I read an article (laughs) You know why he said he hasn't, I think they asked him like last year, like why he hasn't taken a bathroom break. He said, because I know the the second I do Lamar Jackson's going to rip off like a 91 yard touchdown, right? <laughs> I'm going to be in the bathroom and I'm going to miss it. Um, but I also, I was, as I was reading about him today, he's a free agent at the summer, his contract with, with NFL network is up. He is. So, right. so, well, that exactly. would be very interesting if they got could, rid of him. Could you imagine? So, so this was more of just a, a lifetime achievement award for him because again, it's sure I mean, he made Sundays, especially on the, the weeks where the Ravens were playing those weird Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, whatever games they were playing. Like th- those Sundays. I mean, he was there with us. He's watching, he's, he's eating the wings with us. He's eating the, you know, our ribs and, and he, he was there for us watching those games. So shout out to, uh, to Scott Hansen.
0: That's a great one. That's a great one. Uh, I will go here uh, next and mine is a little um, of a throwback here and is a little uh, of a sort of uh, pander, I think, to Eric. And we talked about this a little bit uh, and it's a little bit of also a crossover promotion for For another podcast I do. Uh, Mine is Steve Suter, uh, Maryland legend, who we talked to for half an hour on the Hear the Turtle Maryland podcast uh that i also host and that dude is just tremendous and I, I it allowed me this weekend i was just watching old maryland games from the early 2000s and watching those teams was awesome so him bringing me back the love i had and we, we i think we talked about this in the potter off the potter a, a little bit about those teams yeah. but he has brought that entire era of maryland football back for me for a little bit which um was just fun it was just fun for me this weekend. I was just like sitting there. I was for the Ravens game. It was before the Ravens game on Sunday, I was just sitting around on YouTube watching old Maryland football uh, and brought back a lot of good memories. So go listen to that interview with Steve. He was awesome. Great dude. Talked about a ton of great stories. Um, and so I wanted to give him a shout out for, for giving me that, that, that Maryland based joy this week. So there you go.
2: Thanks. Your my scrambling. maryland person of the week no i'm i'm, I'm partially <laughs> scrambling i'm setting this up i'm just kidding my pick of the week is felicia jones hmm? see that's a sideways head turn do you know who felicia jones is 24 years ago as of when this podcast will drop felicia jones gave birth to one lamar Demetrius jackson jr <laughs> jesus <laughs> Our gift, he loves his mom. He loves his mom. She rose him. Right. Uh, a clip came out today where he um, he was just talking about, you know, somebody asked him why he always, you know, responds to questions with Mr. Or Mrs. Or whatever. He's just very polite, you know, in, in his interviews and, um, and obviously seeing her on draft night with Lamar and, and as he was kind of, um, angsty as he continued to slide down the board, and him, her is it's kind of an iconic image, but um, but mostly I just wanted to, to wish Lamar Jackson a happy 24th birthday. Um, that's probably you know most of it. Um, most quarterbacks have not accomplished anything near what he accomplished by his 24th birthday, and uh, so happy birthday, Lamar. You know, is that Pander? One it's, of the great, it's, it's Pander, but one, yeah, one of the one of the really cool anecdotes.
0: It's funny that his mom has gone into the background because pre-draft, she was like a very big story. He didn't have yeah. an agent. She so was essentially managing him. That threw some teams off him because they were like, who is this guy? He doesn't have it together to have an agent. He's got his mom. And there's a great uh, – I just got it up here. I, I This might have been in multiple stories, but I have it in Sports Illustrated. Maybe this was the feature. Um, where they were going to use him as a punt returner his freshman year at Louisville, and his mom mm-hmm. called Bobby Petrino. Mm-hmm. If you know anything about Bobby Petrino. Mm-hmm notoriously a bit of a slimy guy. And he's like, <laughs> you made a, you made a promise to me on my couch that my son was a quarterback. A punt returner doesn't look much like a quarterback. So this, the, I mean, she has always had his best interest at heart in terms of how he wanted to play. And obviously in all other aspects. So I, I think that's a cool one. I, it's funny. And it'll be interesting if he, Lamar gets farther in the playoffs and you get to the point where they talk about more of the family stuff. His mom has kind of gone away into the background um, yeah. of things. So um, she was a big part of, of his pre-draft and the draft process.
2: She may be more part of the picture here moving forward because as of week 17 finishing at the end of year three uh, for Lamar Jackson, he is now eligible to sign an extension. So this offseason may be an opportunity for them to to meet at the table and, and work out a deal or they could push it till the year after or the year after that. But um, yeah, she may come back into the picture a bit. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I don't really know. He didn't have an agent as of 2018
0: when he signed the rookie deal. There hasn't been any news that he signed one, so he must not have one. Uh, I'm sure he's got people in his camp that are helping him, but it's going to be very interesting for him to navigate that signing process uh, without an agent. That's just wild. You just don't see that. You see these guys sign with the big agencies and the CAA and all these different places, so uh, pretty cool. Any honorable mentions around the horn?
2: Yeah. Uh, Paulie Walnuts. I don't know if you guys have watched The Sopranos before. I started The Sopranos for the first time uh, with the four-day weekend that we just had. Um, I'm kind of barreling through it as I tend to do with these shows. Uh, yeah, people regard it as maybe the best show of all time. It's been pretty good, and it's been getting better. I'm, I'm early in season four, and uh, it's 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 delivered, I would say. I wouldn't say that it's the best show of all time, but there's obviously still a lot of show to be seen. At this point and paulie walnuts is just i i felt like i needed to pick my favorite character and of, of the mobsters in that show i just like he's the most happy-go-lucky and i just kind of like his whole vibe and uh yeah so i guess you two haven't seen it so we can't really chop it up about that show but um uh, i think a lot of people will listen to this and then think of the wire and 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 you know ask me to kind of stack the two up or or whatever because they're they're definitely compared a lot the wire sopranos and game of thrones are probably regarded as three of the top five shows of all time and they're all hbo shows and um i think sopranos is a hair below the wire from what i've seen so far there's not enough hateable characters oh. on sopranos like hmm. the wire gave you some really hateable characters and we're, i mean i think we're gonna ziggy. dive into the wire here like ziggy and and Rawls and yes. uh yeah, like, we have to off season it because I've
0: never seen it. That's the. Yeah, that's we're, we're going to.
2: That's oh. something in the off season. I think we're going to have Taylor watch it for the first yeah, time. Which, we'll and and we're going to round table sure. it um, or something. So we're thinking about that. But uh, yeah, The Sopranos, I'm watching the shit out of The Sopranos right now. I'm enjoying it. So, Polly Walnuts, shout out to you, my man.
1: Now, are you obviously with the show ended what, eight, nine years ago? Well, like Spranos? a decent decent amount of time ago
2: i think it's like yeah more than and, that, and so 15.
1: yeah it's a while so yeah. okay so so and i'm not trying to spoil anything have you seen the last episode or know how it ends
2: i know how it ends like i have an idea like i know that okay so it, the controversy and all that like i know that it just goes black like oh seven pretty much
1: 14 years 07. ago wow yeah. So, so I also haven't seen The Sopranos. I have friends watching it who have told me to start watching it. And again, I've heard all the same things. But in my mind, I'm like, well, I know how it ends. I, why, why I? have no I? idea. So I, didn't know it got, it I know if matter.
2: just not enough where I like, I don't know what the scene is. I like whatever. And I don't really feel like it's, uh, there. there's some, some elements to the show that remind me of The Wire in the sense that it is, um, it's not just a show with a plot. There's a lot of like, mm-hmm. I don't know, messages the, one of the most interesting things that I didn't know going in was that, um, they, they use the main character, um, is Anthony Soprano and he, he's, you know, like the boss or, Funny. you know, within the, 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 you know, whatever. And he, he's, the show really starts with him going to see a therapist and he's, there's a lot of scenes where he's talking to his therapist and it's. A really interesting sight into like almost like an inner dialogue of sorts. It's interesting him it's reconciling interesting his the forward. Exactly, yeah. it's an extremely interesting device, and I I didn't know that that was an element to it going in, and it's been a, like a nice little um element to it where you know he's expressing a lot of thoughts, and then this therapist bounces a lot of ideas off of him about, and that causes a lot of inner angst and and inner, you know, whatever for him. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's very, very interestingly done. And it makes a lot of um, I think a lot of statements about society at the given time and um, about Italian American culture and all those types of things. So um, it's been cool. It's been a good show. They're Uh, also doing a, they're doing a prequel. For yeah. The
0: Sopranos as an HBO movie, I think that comes out this year.
2: Yeah, I got pushed um, back. I think it's coming out. Yeah, March twelfth. Yeah, yep. So I'll be done with it. I think it's then. like
0: one of the only thing David Chase, who made The Sopranos, has done since that show ended, which is wild. Because you would think he's gotten opportunities to do <clears> everything. So,
1: uh, any honorable mentions for you, R.D.T.? yeah, I got one. I think it was two or three days ago. Was the the anniversary of the of Stewart Scott dying. Yeah, um, And I saw it, I, I just remember, I think, was that the same day that the Ravens beat the Steelers in the playoffs?
2: I thought that it uh, was. Same weekend. The The Caps was, won the Winter Classic on that day, too.
1: Okay. Nice, yeah. I think it was H- at Nats H- Park. H- weekend. But I just remember, I remember, C- Van Pelt's tweet, where he was wearing the Carolina blue booyah shirt. yeah, man. And so I saw a couple of, you know, his old highlights and people were tweeting out, you know, his SB speech and all that. So it's also just crazy that I think it was six years since it was five or six years since he had died. So that, that's all it that was, it was neat to see Scott Van Pelt and some of the other ESPN people. I think Rich Eisen always had as a good one. And, and, you know, some of them tweet out some nice thoughts to him and his, and his daughter. Um, so that the, Stuart Scott can, can she can share that with Scott Van Pelt because he was the one bringing it back to light. Yeah, Van Pelt
0: did a, does a great job with that every year. It would have been so interesting to see what Stuart Stewart Scott, excuse me, his, uh, career would have looked like. Now, mm-hmm. as he as SportsCenter kind of moved out of the highlight based thing, he was so known for obviously the way he delivered highlights. Uh, you got to think they would have done sort of a. Scott Van Pelt Sports Center, like thing with Stu Scott. I mean, yeah. I think that's sort of where they would have moved in the direction because of how good of a personality he was. My two honorable mentions. Uh, I have to. We have to bring it home here. Talked about it every week. It's the darts. The darts are over. <laughs> Erwin Price is the world champion. No one oh. is happy. He is a tool. But uh, the darts provided sensational drama as they always do, uh, and we await their return again. So we, we talked uh, a little bit.
2: To- off pod, but can you give a comparison as to what type of character Gerwin Price is? So, Gerwin Price is incredibly
0: hateable. He is, uh, he pops off after everything, which is fine. He just does it in such a hateable way. Um, I, my comparison sorted him was Patrick Reed. Um, you had a comparison for him too, which I can't remember
2: off the top. Of my I mind. think I had Ian Poulter,
0: yeah, and Nova uh, Djokovic. Djokovic. Novak Djokovic. Novak Djokovic is the best comparison in terms of just being unlikable. Polter and Reed are both unlikable in this but you're they're also in the Ryder Cup. A lot of that's from the Ryder Cup and you kind of accept it more in the Ryder Cup. This guy's doing it after like every single thing. It's very um and Djokovic is just, yeah, he's just not a likable guy. Um <laughs> He he. he and he's. I was trying to almost compare him to like the unlikable guys you'll see in like college basketball, like a Reddick or a Marshall Henderson, but he's not really that kind of unlikable. Yeah,
2: Henderson.
0: Uh, like Grace he's just like a. It's like a former rugby player who became a darter, and he's just. Yeah, it's just. It's yeah. So look up Gerwin Price. You'll see him, and you'll just know. I mean, that's just all I can say. Uh, my other honorable mention uh, show that is back that I'm sure tons of our listeners we'll watch and, 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 and love uh, the bachelor returned uh, this week. Uh, Matt James um, is the bachelor former wake force football player, sports connection, you now. Like, uh, yeah. One of the great dramatic shows on TV. So, you know, I mean, everyone loves it. I know you guys do our listeners do. So we'll probably do like 45 minute recaps every week. So just prepare for that. We won't do it this week. Ravens playoffs. That's fine. You know, it's a Baltimore show, but so yeah, bachelor back. It's it's here. Speaking of Ravens playoffs <laughs> speaking of Ravens playoffs, uh, we had a, a DM slide. And let me make sure I get this open uh, to get my man's uh, name here before we give his suggestion. Uh, Eric Eckstein, uh, he said for the podcast, the food spread for the playoff game should be discussed. So I guess what we are going to eat for this game. Have you guys had any thought? We can shout out some spots maybe that people can go to um, in the area. Um, obviously in, in light of the be there for be more campaign and all the, you know, rallies people are doing for small businesses, obviously it has two barstool still ready You have the barstool still fun, which has been uh, pretty incredible what those guys have done. Do you guys have a normal thing that you eat for a game like this? Is it a play it by ear type of thing? Do you have something zeroed in on? I can start. I know what I'm having.
1: I think I, I know what I want to have. Okay. So I, I, I think mm. I got to look at the weather, but I, I want to do chili this weekend. Mm. And why, wow. It's got to be nice, colder weather. Um, but if I'm going somewhere, and like picking something up. And I, I've been to this place with you, too. We've, we've been pretty inebriated when we've been there. Um, it's normally our halfway stop during our Mardi Gras. Um, the Wayward. They're a brisket. Mm. Not the Wayward. Wayward. <laughs> um, the, the brisket. At, at that Wayward, point, we're probably calling it the Wayward. That's <throat> for sure. The brisket at Wayward is some of the best, not even just like wow. food. Bird ends, <laughs> best food I've ever had. Like, wow. Bar-
2: wow. The bris- oh my god, yeah, the I didn't burning. know you felt that way about it. I, I like the, getting the brisket mac with brisket mac, mac the and cheese, mason oh jar.
0: uh, biggest mac guy in Fed Hill. <sighs> that's that's
2: Many people do say that.
1: Wow, I did not see
0: Wayward coming. That's an
1: yeah. issue. Yeah. I, I like it's a, it's a guilty, like obviously, I want you, I can't get it every I time know that know you came into about, the city
2: for that and didn't call me. Well,
1: that's what we were talking about. Like, I find. I'm gonna go big, like I would love to go big and, and get some wayward brisket. I don't know if I'd probably wear my Titan sweatshirt. I got Man, no problem.
2: I don't wearing I don't it eat in there um, as much as I eat some other places. I just remember every time I've been there, it's a lot like- of sauces. Yeah, in the Mardi Gras it's, realm, very- it's like in right in the middle where you've had probably five or six drinks it's, and like you just need something in your you're stomach. Either to kinda- eating at that point
0: at at wayward or banditos. Those are the two places you've yep. got to eat unless you've gotten something earlier at McGurk's to kind yeah. of fill your palate right. moving towards the rest of the day. Right. <laughs> that's another podcast.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, mine is going to be not a place. I think a lot of people have heard of um, which is going to be uh, on Ford Avenue, a little small place. It's Mikey's pizza and subs. Uh, that's where um, <laughs> me and my roommate have pretty much gotten food from every weekend for football. Uh, I get oh. the cheeseburger sub and the curly fries. He gets the chicken uh. cheesesteak and the curly fries. Mikey's mwah. I always call it Mickey's or Mickelson's. It's Mikey's. Uh, it's just fantastic. It's just, it's just a perfect pizza place. sub. Sometimes there's no replacement for a fantastic pizza place sub and mm-hmm. Mikey's provides that for me on a football Sunday. If I were to go differently, if Delia's is open, Delia's is a great one. I don't normally get those because they're not normally open during Sundays. I think they have been lately, um, but Mikey's is just normally the spot, man. Like that's what we've been doing. It's been working. The Ravens have been winning. Um, it's normally for a full day at Red Zone where I'm in a food coma by about four forty-five after we record this show. Mm-hmm. It's been different. I've had to stay out of my food comas because we record this show now. So I come up and then I like nap after that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, probably probably get Mikey's. That'll probably be the spread. Um, I'm trying to think if I if I like went outside of the city, like if I was watching my parents, what I would get from like a Towson, but I don't have something that's like popping in my head.
1: Pasta Mista up in Towson. Uh, you I know what I would- 20 Lamborn. Yeah, that's unbelievable. good. I would get, uh, for people that live
0: near Kenilworth, Italian Gardens, sensational pizza, solid, uh, kind of their version of Wings uh, in Kenilworth, which as a young- uh, laxer, I used to roll into Lax Splash, get a slice from Italian Gardens after the, <laughs> and get some like. You bring
1: your spoon. Oh, you got, dude! You got to
0: bring your spoon, your man. Twig? you got, you then you got to like, be, like ask your parents if you can get like another $150 head, um, <laughs> and like the warrior you know, kryptonite or not kryptonite. I, well, I don't remember what they're called anymore, but the you gotta get the shafts, you got, I mean, like what kind of mesh do you want? I mean, you could go into this all like, day. So we haven't sick. really delved, we've not delved into lacrosse on this show That's for so being sick. a Baltimore show. And we will like, we're when the shout PLL, out to my water dogs. Yeah. Shout out to your water dogs. And, and, and shout out to like the PLL who does an awesome job. We'll have to have some like guys from that, from that league on here or gals uh, or gals from the, from the women's league played in Maryland. Like there's so many of those people that like live around here and, and, and stuff like that. So, um, love some lacrosse. We'll get to that in the spring. That that's coming. That's coming. But don't if you're a lacrosse person, don't think that's not coming because that's coming. Because I got I got I got lacrosse takes to have covered all fresh off for life.
2: <laughs> oh boy, what are you having? I have well, I have quite a few options. I am a play it by ear kind of guy. I've been doing takeout like nobody's business right now. Um. Probably my most consistent pick has been Riverside Tap House. It's right across the street. The food has been phenomenal. I know I've talked about them here on this podcast before. Uh, I've been starting to get um, honey, garlic, uh, chicken tenders, and fries, and then a side mac and cheese. The mac and cheese is unbelievable. Um, But the cheesesteaks have been very good there. Uh, Mac and cheese bites are delicious because, you know, mac and cheese guy here. Um, Some other spots around the city that I I often like to – I've been double dipping on Sundays, to be honest. I've been getting food around 30, one o'clock, right around game time. Um, occasionally, a couple of times, I know that I've gotten uh, breakfast delivered from um, Southside Diner, which is over in Southside Marketplace. Oh, yeah. Back behind, Money time. Uh, yeah. It's a good, good. good little breakfast there. I get a, uh, just get, a, get an omelet, you know, just a good good sausage and cheese omelet and, uh and a breakfast sandwich with it too. And uh, you get in there and um, thinking about some other neighborhoods here in the city. I like to get a poppy's tacos, quesadilla, uh, short rib. It's quite delicious uh, with a little queso fundido. It's kind of the best queso out there. Um, Colada was just on the, uh, the barstool fund. So shout out to them. Um, there's another bar, I think on this side of the pond. In the Fed Hill area, that I think will be announced tomorrow, that will be part of the Barstool Fund, uh, a bar that I frequent very much, that I love their wings. Um, so look out for that tomorrow on Barstoolsports.com. Um, outside the city, uh, or at least outside of this area of the city, obviously Jimmy Seafood. Got to mention Jimmy's. I mean, what's better than that? Shout out had to our the sponsors, but dinner. also the egg. Of course, he did.
1: Last night and tonight. Does
2: a, a day end? So Why? I mean, yeah, and. Uh, Doss Beer Hall up in Parkville. I mean, shout out to those guys. I've talked about them before. I love I love my guy, Scott. I love my guy, Andrew, up there uh, running the show up at Doss Beer Hall. Great spot. I think they're still open um, given the whole COVID thing. They're outside in the county, so uh, they might be able to be open for the game, and their food's always been phenomenal for for a long time. Buffalo chicken schnitzel is the move there. So Schnitzel, uh, very good. Yeah. Make sure you go to those places and make sure you tip well and make sure you let us know about it because we might draw a bunch of stuff. I keep, I think I've, I've said that a few times. Like, Hey, we might do, but we might actually like, it is kind of like like five names on Saturday or Sunday. Heck Um, we might do some Saturday. Who knows? Where
1: do you submit the receipts? Banks?
2: Uh, I'm glad you asked that. You can submit them to at exit 52 podcast on Twitter, their DMS. You can email it to exit 52 podcast at gmail.com. Um, but directly
0: yeah, DM it to us on Instagram, which I don't think yeah, anybody Yeah, yeah, I don't.
2: Yeah, uh, we we'll so try. Mo- we try to centralize it.
0: But. Most people, what we would like you to do is to tag us on Twitter and tweet it at us, so we can then retweet you and promote that you are participating. Yes, which allows other people to see to participate. And create some buzz.
2: Tell your Great. friends about this. And also, yes. while you're at it, feel free to go and uh give us a review and like our podcast. Give us five stars, uh and tell your friends about us because this. I mean, we, we see our listener numbers, and listener numbers are growing, and you know that's a good thing. And we like to think that we're putting together a good product here, and we're doing some good in the community, and uh, we want to grow both the podcast and uh, grow the message that this is good behavior to do some some good deeds for some people and and help your fellow man. So it looks like the tip total right now is a little over fifteen hundred,
0: and the total spent at restaurants that people have sent in is like forty seven hundred. It's pretty good. Uh, we would like to see it higher, but like love that, that many people have it. I don't know if that's, e- we've to- even totally updated that yet. So, um, and I'm sure more will come in this weekend, but. Uh, oh
2: man, you're way behind. I'm just, oh, no, no, the no, spreadsheet. no, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. I was looking uh, at the total column on the right.
0: Oh yeah. So that's both together. Um, so yeah, like awesome stuff from people, but yeah, and we're going to just keep going. Like we have, we've said, as we said in last week, we continue to have things to give away. Uh, as you said, RDT has like a thousand things at his house. Um, so we want to continue to give that stuff away. So sending your receipts for the, be there for be the more campaign. Um, obviously, um, we want to, we want to keep helping the business. If we were in, uh, by the way, we have to give a shout out. If we were in Urchin City,
2: uh, I mean, it'd be the bag. We'd be at the bag. Oh, no doubt. The bag outdoor with a fireplace outside. And- oh, <laughs> yeah. We would definitely be there. Oh,
0: yeah. Um, so, yeah, as we, as we say, that was a great question um, to throw in. That was kind of a perfect uh, mailbag way from, from Eric Eckstein uh, to get us talking about it. So be there for Be More. Uh, we continue to give out stuff, continue to get more things. Um, if you even want to see what we've got, dm us or or tweet at us and and we'll we'll throw the we'll throw the prizes back out on twitter um for all to see uh i want to keep giving that stuff away so continue to send in uh your receipts uh and follow us follow the podcast at xf2 eric is there anything new that you've got at your house
1: you want to promote or is it the same stuff since the last time i think it's still the same stuff um I can't remember if I said it on air or off or on while well, we recorded, but the guy that I gave the stuff to was talking about how he has a bunch of uh, some signed stuff. Was that on? Was that on? Were we recording when I said no, that? No, we were not recording. I, no, we no, I talked so. about a lot.
0: We, we talked for like four hours and then recorded the show.
1: <laughs> he was telling me that he has some signed, you know, helmets and stuff that he's looking to give away. And, and so, you know, we're going to try and figure something out with that. But again, I mean, I'm, if someone wants to donate something to us to give away, I would, I would more than gladly you know, drive up and get it and, and get it to someone who, uh, who tips 25% or more. Yep. 25% or more on the tips. Make sure to send them in.
0: Once again, thanks to all the people that have sent in tips, sent in things for us to give away and donated the The fact that you walked in and gave someone something RDT and they offered to give you more things just continues to be wild to me. The people are that generous, which is, which is awesome. Um, so make sure to do that. Uh, and that is it for this week of the exit 52 podcast. Thanks for everyone uh, for listening. Obviously a huge game in the, the exit 52 family, uh, RDT, you're the nicest guy in the world, but I, I hate you this week. So I mm-hmm. hope you're, I hope you're okay with that. I hope, I hope you're fine. He smiles it away, yeah.
1: but well, well, uh, also I, I was cut off earlier. My, uh, other honorable mention Derek Henry for 2000 yards. Just I yeah. had to get that in there, but he's okay. also Don't real care. quick. He's gonna be the la- he's gonna be the last person that brushes for two thousand yards
2: two podcasts uh... in, a, in, a season,
1: <laughs> in a sixteen season game season because they're going to so twenty seven. They're going to yeah. seventeen. Yeah, it's yeah. funny. I'm like, sure
2: they'll now be whether seven uh, just, seven or sure asterisks.
1: Yes, eight. 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 I'm sure eight. Right. they'll now be
0: asterisks for guys that get there within the sixteen. Now to let like, them like,
2: recompare back to yeah. Three of also, those players I mean, will will play. Three of those players will go on to play in this in rivalry and in, in lose game. in the first game.
1: So well, we'll see. But I mean, quarterbacks are going to pass for 5,000 yards, you know, pretty I mean, like that's going to happen. I think.
2: Yeah.
0: It, it, it's the stuff. And this is such a bigger discussion. The stuff yeah, we can get into this later. is going get get to get outrageous with the extra game. I mean, it's yeah. just going to be, all this stuff is going to get broken. It's going to rejigger. That's why I hate that stuff, but it is what it is. You know, you, just, just get a standard. It's just too much money on the table. Whatever. <laughs> That's the Exit 52 Podcast for this week. Thanks to everyone for listening. Make sure to follow the guys at Barstool Banks on Twitter. Follow me at Taylor 10 You can follow RDT at E-D-I-T-T-I. Season 22. It's list season for banks. Yeah. So follow the podcast at exit 52 podcast on Twitter and Instagram, send potential candidates to the list to @BarstoolBanks barstool
2: banks. If you would like. Thank you. Um, Hey man, I was crying in my soup after this game last year. Yes, you were. And, and I, I, you. I, I'm going to be resharing some of these videos that I posted in the days that followed. I think I looked at my day two video, um, today and I pretty much said I'm going to feel every ounce of this pain right now. I'm going to make sure I feel it so that when we get back to the spot, We can appreciate where we are and I'm appreciating that right now. And let's go do a job this Sunday.
0: That's a great way to end it. And I would be remiss to end the pod without mentioning the fact that as we record this, there are a lot of important things going on in the world beyond this show. So we hope with this show, we gave you an hour or a little bit more to distract you a little bit from uh, some of the craziness that's going on. And then hopefully that is no, on I'm much saying. better. Hopefully that is going on. Um, and then being in a much better spot as you go through the rest of your week, but it would be kind of ridiculous for us to not at least mention as we record it while I sit here and watch the Senate in session at, at 1140. That is the X fifty two podcast. We cannot wait to see you for the, instant analysis. as well if the ravens lose okay. we will <laughs> we will wait to see it for a while but uh hopefully uh we will see you no matter what happens uh after the show uh or excuse me after the game on sunday uh thanks for listening thanks for contributing to be there for be more podcast um and we will see you next time
3: Hack your